0: All right, that's recording. Mm-hmm. What's up, football fans? Welcome to Role Models. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. All right. all right. All right. All right. Take it from the top. All, all, right. all right. What's up, football fans? Welcome to Role Models, the number one fantasy football podcast for the COVID bubble league. I'm your host, Chip Setterfield, joined by the LeBron James of podcasting, returning to the land. Ryan
1: Wolf, how's it going, everyone? I hope uh, hope everyone's having a great uh, great day, a great week, for that matter. Uh, we've been getting a lot of a lot of football recently. We had some uh, some Tuesday night football this week. We had Wednesday night football the week previously, and uh, yeah, it just uh, it just keeps on coming. And who would have thought we would have made it this far with COVID and all that to playoffs? Like it's uh, it's been kind of a miracle season in my mind. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us. And now some news from the league. I mean, this is the last week of uh, regular season, and honestly, it was kind of a good one. Most of the underdog teams won, which I guess gives people a little bit of confidence. But uh, it sucks because unfortunately for many of them, including Chip and myself, it was too little too late with that. But hey, at at least we ended the regular season with a bang.
0: That's right. A tear slowly rolls down my face as I take the bye in the loser's bracket. Same uh, with me. <laughs> in not-so-great news, uh, Mitch lost to John, widely considered a bye week by most, so that one hurts. Uh, Kooks, after we praised you last week, what, what's going on, man? i going to have to interrogate him, you know?
1: Yeah, he uh, he took one to the chin by an AFK uh fantasy owner feels bad feels bad man and then uh as waivers went you know nothing too big was spent i think andrew spent like 14 or 15 fab on devante booker yeah i think that's his name yeah um but fortunately he came back with a subpar performance of like three and a half points so i think uh, josh jacobs is out this week again so uh hopefully he gets his money out of him this time
0: yeah, that's so weird. He looked good when Jacobs was there. It was kind of like a um, – stick with me here. The guy in Minnesota, Madison. It was like a yeah. Madison situation where, like, he looks good when the first running back's there. And maybe it's because the first running back's so good it kind of just, I don't know, rubs out or wears out the defense. The change of pace thing actually works. But I it was super weird. I paid for him in a different league, and I was very disappointed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, He uh he was kind of a bust, but, you know. Hopefully, this this week he gets it together.
0: Here's hoping. So, for the weekly bit this week, we're going to do Hindsight is 2020. you see what we did there? Uh, So, we're going to – good podcasting. Anyway, we are going to look back at some of the uh, blunders of the league. And what you uh, would try to avoid – if you went back, so I'll I'll kick it off. I've I've talked about it before because I think about it every day. I started Derek Carr in Week Twelve over Tom Brady, and it cost me my chance at a playoff run. Uh, I probably would have made it actually because I popped off this week, and I think I would have beat Mitchell in points. So I Derek Carr. Uh, looking back, hindsight being twenty twenty, shouldn't have played him.
1: Yeah, it was a that was a bad beat, unfortunately. And then uh, one of uh, one of my first ones was uh, honestly something that kind of plagued me the whole season was with uh, Chris Carson. I mean, he was kind of undervalued at the draft, so I was like, "All right, cool, I'll steal him in the early third round." And there was probably a good reason he was sitting there. He he was just perpetually hurt or just questionable. And I think I spent a cumulative of, like, 40 fab on friggin' Carlos Hyde after picking him up, dropping him to find out Carson isn't playing that week to spend more fab to pick him up. Like, it was just, it was a painful, felt like Russian roulette playing with uh, Carson. So, I don't regret drafting Carson, but I do regret chasing his handcuffs all season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that. I felt that last season with Carson myself. So it he's great runner, runs hard, but runs out of steam throughout the season. Mm-hmm. One of my hindsight things would be uh, Leonard Fournette drafted him in the third round, and then he was cut from Jacksonville, and I did not pick up the right guy. I, I believed too much in the um, veteran Chris... Uh, Thompson. Yeah, yeah, you're Cause right. I, yeah, yeah, because I thought he would be the pass catching weapon, and they would always be down. And I was like, yeah, this this fits. And he didn't do jack all season. I'm pretty sure he got injured and uh, might have died. I don't know. I don't know. Here's the thing. <laughs> he is dead to me. So hindsight being 2020, 20, I should have picked up literally anyone else in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah. Uh, kind of going off that point, I. I was kind of stubborn this year in the sense of not really buying into the the no-name breakouts like your Miles Gaskin, your James Robinson, like those guys I was like, ah, whatever, they had one good week, you know, everyone flops and then they just didn't. And they ended up just being complete stalwarts for the rest of the season. So, I think I got too hung up on the name and the team this year, especially with Jacksonville, I was like they haven't had a good running back in Jacksonville since Younger Leonard Fournette, like four years ago. So, yeah, that's one thing I need to kind of be weary about next year. Is don't don't buy into the name so much. Just be be more open minded to getting the getting the guy early before someone else does. Yeah, yeah, I
0: love it. That's always a a game we play year to year, and I normally luck out at least a little bit. And this year, I definitely didn't. Gaskin, um, the kid who actually plays in Jacksonville now, I can't remember his name. Robinson. It, robinson thank you hey you just some people luck out and those people are in the playoffs uh there's no Mm -hmm. no mistaking that yeah um and it's easy to look at our own um another one i came up with for myself is i gave up on justin jefferson way too early um but looking at other people's uh, mistakes as well i think peter gave up too early on mike williams he's had a decent amount of success with the uh, rookie Justin Herbert and Herbert's been amazing. So I, that one Peter should have held on to Mike Williams. He did end up with Justin Jefferson though. So, I mean, I guess we just kind of traded
1: on that account. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess on a positive note though, Um, I, I think streaming defenses and tight ends this year actually worked out pretty well for me. It it was kind of a dumpster fire when it came to tight ends anyways. So unless you had, um, Gronk or Kelsey or Kittle before you got hurt, you really were just basically shooting in the dark to see if you could get five or more points in that spot. And, um, another positive note, Peter and Andrew, both, both bought into the rookie dip super duper early and like you said before like they're the ones who are now sitting pretty in the playoffs so yeah they're they their risk taking did get them pretty far and uh yeah i mean that's that definitely holds water because i've seen you do it in past seasons i've done it in past seasons and have gotten lucky with it it's just i guess it depends on uh who gets them and who actually holds on to them long enough for them to flourish and actually get their position cemented in that team
0: yeah yeah, speaking of uh, streaming tight ends, Allie had Rob Gronkowski and tossed him too early. He, In her defense, he was not doing anything, but now he is a stalwart of the position again. And uh, that feels bad because she ended up having to pay for him. Um, I actually would like to circle back and go a little off script here and talk about streaming tight ends. It's interesting you didn't mention Darren Waller and I just wonder if it's just a how you see Waller like do you
1: did you leave him off of that list on purpose Um not really I guess like I don't know I really do value Waller I think where you took him was the right spot especially since like he has the ability to just pop off like he did I just I think, unfortunately, like he had the effect of basically just becoming invisible when Derek Carr would, I don't know, forget how to play football for a day. And yeah. I think he it wasn't so much a knock on Waller, it was more a knock on his quarterback. So I think if he either gets traded eventually or someone replaces Carr, I think his value does go up more just because of, yeah, just the target predictability. Because you know when you get Kelsey... You're never gonna get a complete skunk week out of Kelsey because Mahomes is never just gonna forget how to throw the ball. Even his bad weeks are still two hundred yard weeks, and usually Kelsey's getting about yeah you know, fifty or so of those. So yeah, that wasn't a. I know, I, I know, that probably probably sat with you a little bit, uh, a little bit sideways, but yeah, I meant meant no harm with that. No, no, I just
0: so I like Waller a lot. I had him last year um his breakout year and then this year i thought he was undervalued in the draft and was super happy with where i took him um i just thought maybe it was a prediction of things to come of he'll be undervalued in next year's draft which i am always happy to take uh value where i can get it i just i think it's interesting i think i'm too high on waller i like him a lot um you're right though he is tied to a questionable at best tight end um, and maybe a questionable uh, system. I'm not sure how I feel about the head coach and front office there. Um, sometimes I like them a lot. I at least like them for entertainment value, but I'm not <laughs> sure about uh, game scripts. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I like Waller a lot. And it's not, I, I didn't want to like start a beef or anything. I just find it interesting how people value tight ends.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just that he's not um, a really big household name. I think he's just going to always perennially be undervalued, similar to like a Chris Carson or something like that, just because, you know, they do have those disappearing acts that aren't necessarily their fault. But, yeah, I would assume he probably goes a very similar spot next year. What, do you get him like middle of the fourth or something, middle of the fifth?
0: Yeah, I think it was the fifth round. Um, Okay. And with his target share, especially uh, how Las Vegas plays football, they, for some reason, over-target the tight end and running back positions. Uh, You don't really get that value out of the running backs. I don't know why, but uh, they over-target by a lot uh, Mm -hmm. compared to other teams. I think his target share is like 30-something percent, which is wild. I mean, it's Kelsey levels. He just doesn't put up the same numbers because he isn't Kelsey. You're right, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just think it's interesting what players we end up planning flags on, and Waller's definitely one of my guys. Um, and as I say that, I can just see the future. Peter's going to take him in, like, the third next year just to fuck with me.
1: Yeah, Peter would probably do that. He would nah, totally. That nah, bastard. I can just <laughs> see it.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast this week. Wolfie, you have any words of wisdom for the way out?
1: Um, not so many words of wisdom, more so just a, a question, a feeler, if you will. Um, first of all, like I touched up the playoffs today, so I know some people got bumped, including myself, from how Sleeper was doing it, but um, we agreed on this format, I think, last year to have the top three from each division make it and just go from it that way instead of it just being every team at large because then it really kind of takes out the divisional aspect. And I think I think we got that critique from a few people last year. So um, we did that, and it seems to work just about the same. Only a couple people got moved around a little bit. But, um, yeah, if you guys have any further critiques at the end of the season or anything you want to see next time around, uh, just let us know. We uh, strive to make everyone happy as much as possible. and Also, let us know, too, because we're thinking if we can keep mostly the same group together for next year, we might turn this into a uh, maybe a dynasty, potentially, or we could just keep it as a redraft. But I know for a fact that our placement at the end of this season is going to dictate where your draft position is next year. So, yeah, we're open to kind of messing with it however people want. So just let us know.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that. I also... Um, think it might be interesting to play around with the idea of a keeper league, um, because it does drum up a little bit of off-season interest, and that's kind of what a dynasty is for. Is like, it's kind of an all-year-round sort of thing, not nearly as much as the uh, season, obviously, but off-season mm-hmm. trades and whatnot. And, um, I mean, it's good for the podcast because we can talk about stuff. So,
1: yeah, we wouldn't I, be unemployed for yeah, nine yeah, I, out of the year.
0: <laughs> not getting a paycheck for nine months is, <laughs> it's pretty rough so we're we're pulling for that dynasty
1: yep i love to see those uh, 50 cent anchor checks come in the mail
0: <laughs> oh no that's not 50 cents but that's half a penny
1: yep yeah we're we're making peasantry money right now because our listenership man only got 12 i love the 12 but if we yeah. could grow this that'd be dope sauce yeah no kidding